0: In this episode, I am joined by my sister Kay, and we're going to have a spoiler-filled discussion on the two-season series on *Stars of Counterpart*.
1: We started to record at the end of the first season, but the first season felt more like an arc that was setting up the second half of a season.
0: Yeah, the each season was ten episodes, and the original intent was we'll watch ten. Record, watch the others. Record, maybe it's getting a third. We since found out it's not getting a third. And then when we hit that end, and it's like, well, that's a bit of a cliffhanger. And it's only ten more to to watch the full thing. So it's about the length of a regular season. Yeah. Now it's on stars. So these were close to an hour long episode, fifty some odd minutes usually. Mm-hmm. And the basic premise is there's a guy Howard who's working at a UN. Uh, It was unclear if it was really part of the United Nations or not, but it was the Office of Interchange. uh, Interchange.
1: At one point, they strongly imply that they report to the United Nations in some fashion, but they're more spy type than standard diplomacy or United Nations.
0: There was a United Nations aspect to it because there was diplomacy, there was strategy, that kind of stuff, but there was never any sign that it was ever really connected. Yeah, they told people it was. But basically, this, uh, the the backstory of this is in the the mid '80s. There's this, I guess, university experiment going on. Things go awry. A computer melts down, and they show this part in the second season. And when I say the computer melts down, I mean, literally, it melts down almost like a claymation melting of the computer, yet it's still running. And I'm like, really? Come on. I was
1: thinking like the, um, which was the Terminator model that went to the liquid metal?
0: Oh, yeah. And T2. Yeah.
1: That kind of Terminator meltdown.
0: Yeah. It was a little ridiculous. But anyways, the computer melts down and this experiment goes awry and it basically takes reality and like duplicates it. And the guy who was there when the computer melted down meets his counterpart on the other Earth. But they're identical at this point because they've just diverged.
1: Yeah, parallel realities.
0: They talk. They're both scientists. It's like, wow, what an unusual opportunity. How are we really duplicate? They realize they are. And then they hit a point where they decide to create a difference between the two worlds.
1: And it's their scientific Nature and minds that prompt them to want to create that difference.
0: One's a control, one's the the di- the, the divergence or whatever. And from there, everything goes downhill. Yeah. That's the backstory. Howard, the, the lead character, this is now 30 years later. He works as an interface man. And what happens is this: this portal between the two worlds is in the basement. And I guess they're unclear on yeah. the geography of the building, but above it, I guess is the interface rooms where people on one side go into a room. There's somebody on the other side, like a prison guard or, you know, prison meeting kind of a thing. So there's a glass partition between them. And they have this sign countersign kind of dialogue back and forth and they're scribbling notes down. And this is how information was passed between the two realities.
1: Well, and in that episode where they're explaining how this all came to be, they explain that why they have these coded exchanges is they don't know who they can trust. Well,
0: the scientist brings in four other people on each world, the same four. Uh, One's an economics guy, one's a biologist, one's a um, a human behaviorist, Mm -hmm. and I forget what the other one was.
1: Definitely science, but I forget which yeah. science. And they
0: become kind of the managers of this thing on both sides. And when it gets to a point where it's it's unsafe, because there's a major divergence point yes. with the original scientist. Um, and when that happens, they realize it's it's unsafe to be in constant physical contact. Um, so they set up these machines to where they can manage remotely, bring in more people to further the experiment.
1: Well, but part of their whole thing is, first of all, you shouldn't be face to face with yourself. Mm -hmm. So when they set up the interface rooms, they ensure that even if the same people get the interface jobs on the two sides, they never interface with themselves. And how they actually set that up is unclear. But then they have the codes, so that the interface people don't know what information they're exchanging.
0: well, it goes from interface to analysis, who decrypt it from there, goes to strategy that does something with it. Strategy has diplomacy above them. yeah, you know there's there's siloed compartments intentionally, yeah, and Howard's an interface man, and he gets pulled into a meeting by his boss, of, well, we got to have you here. He's like, I'm just an interface man. Why me? And the person he meets with is his other. From the other world, mm-hmm. which is what kicks off the whole storyline and some of the backstory. Again, we get not until second season. um Although some of it is kind of, sort of implied earlier. And there's
1: there are a lot of things where the breadcrumbs were given very slowly, and yes. we were sitting there saying to each other, "I wish we had more of the breadcrumbs of what's going on, so we could be piecing this together." Well,
0: it's funny because it didn't feel massively decompressed. But there were some scenes where it's like, you know, you could have sped that up a little bit. You didn't need to spend quite so much time on a few things. But we've gotten the, okay, there are two parallel worlds. Even that wasn't, well, I guess it was crystal clear when we met the two Howards. But how it got to be, what was the point of divergence? How does the mechanics of this Office of Interchange work?
1: Well, and it was unclear because they were saying that the divergence happened during the Cold War. Mm-hmm. I wasn't actually thinking eighty-seven, eighty-nine. For some reason, Cold War had me thinking more like the sixties. So it was a more recent divergence, yeah, than I was thinking. And because it was more recent than I was thinking, I was expecting more nature-nurture differences. Whereas this was all circumstances.
0: Well, the the question we'd heard phrased by the creator of the show was kind of, can you escape yourself? Yeah. And this is a show that very much had the crux of nature-nurture built into it. And also of circumstance, because at some point there's the divergence, and if circumstances were different, would you become different?
1: Well, but each time we seem to get that, they started forcing the circumstances to be the same.
0: In some cases, yes. Some cases, not so much. I mean, Howard's circumstances diverged wildly.
1: Very true. Yes.
0: But even some of the younger people that were born after the points of divergence seemed to be the same up until, you know, the flu or whatever, because one side gets hit by a massive flu that we later learned was actually engineered by the other side. Mm-hmm. And that caused some animosity, understandably, amongst mm. them.
1: And we never actually get, was the flu released on purpose or accident?
0: Yeah, there's a number of things that I felt they could have and should have been clearer on. Everything from this this whole Office of Interchange is using antiquated equipment. Dot Matrix printers, uh, uh, old computers, you know, with, with tube monitors and such.
1: The green text with only text on yeah. the screens.
0: I mean, early IBM PC level technology. And the implication is the side that got hit by the flu wiped out a huge amount of the population. They focused more on biological and medical research, and that meant other technologies fell by the wayside. They didn't have the fancy smartphones and stuff like that. Whereas the other side didn't have that, had the more high-tech stuff, but was using the the lesser equipment, presumably to stay in contact with the other side.
1: It was I couldn't tell if it was that or because they felt it better insulated them from computer viruses and that kind of thing.
0: There was never any concern with computer viruses, but there was also never any clear they're in contact on the two sides that way. Because if so, why do you need the interface men? Yeah. There were a lot of things like that that I, I, I continue to wonder about.
1: There were a lot of things that I felt like their attitude was, this is a spy thriller. We can wave our magic wand and say, spy stuff happened. And poof, it is assumed it all magically happened.
0: Whereas. My assumption is if we were to see the the writer's Bible for this, it may actually explain some of all this backstory they never bothered to tell us.
1: I would love that. But there were several times where I just felt like a magic wand had been waved and certainly there was hit. the wavy
0: hands of, yeah, don't bother. Don't worry about this. It's just trust us on this.
1: Yeah. Too often.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: And, and that's, that's not to say it was a bad show because I got caught up in it. And was really enjoying it. The problem was, even as I was getting caught up in it, I was having questions. Some that I could, you know, bottle up and keep within. And some where I just had to ask you, am I the only one wondering?
0: Well, there are a couple of things. If you actually think about it critically, as I am wont to do, it kind of falls apart in places. At one point, the ambassador from the other world is, is in his place uh, the embassy or whatever and comments on how he he's got he's practically trapped there he can't go out and explore this other world
1: mm-hmm. that he basically has to get hall passes
0: yeah to go anywhere to even go out for a meal or whatever but then when things circumstances change and he's kind of out on his own he somehow magically meets his other they get along wonderfully
1: Well, and they imply that he had already known his other and that they had been trading places for years.
0: Yeah. There was a lot of question marks there. And to me, the biggest question mark is if somebody's coming over to act as an ambassador from a parallel world, you know who that person is, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: wouldn't the first thing you do is go find their other and put them under 24-hour surveillance Yeah. just so the guy doesn't swap out? I mean, to me, it's an obvious thing. And it was something that they just never really kind of dealt with. Mm -hmm. So there were parts of the writing that frustrated me.
1: They were always certain from the time Claire was a child that she would grow up to be important because her father was diplomacy or was in line to become diplomacy. Well,
0: she was important later because he was in diplomacy. But it begged the question of if they knew that early enough, why did they kill her parents
1: well, at the time they killed her parents, he was like assistant diplomacy in line to become diplomacy. Okay, so even he if was they already knew then, yeah. on the track. But it goes to your question of why did they kill the parents? Make it look like it was the flu when it wasn't, and it's a twofold question. Okay, they could have either kept them alive to swap out like mm-hmm. they did with Claire, or send them to this prison Echo,
0: where they're mining people for information about their other. Yeah. It just seemed like missed opportunities and the 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 plan they had didn't make sense at times.
1: You know, Even if they had just used a line of dialogue to say we tried to extract the whole family and put them into our program and the parents resisted.
0: Or this program was only going to work on kids anyways. Something. We, it didn't make sense to send them to Echo for whatever reason or... There were were ways they could have addressed that, and from a writing point of view, I think some of what they did was really good. Mm -hmm. The plot level kind of writing, these kinds of question marks, uh, could have and should have been better. It wasn't bad, but there were enough of these that it's like, yeah, but wait a sec.
1: There were times when it felt like what was happening at Echo was being done in coordination with Mira's school. And yet, Mira clearly didn't know where Echo was and didn't have access to it.
0: I didn't think it was done through coordination with uh, the Indigo school. I thought it was with management.
1: But management clearly... Why else are you mining for memories of people that the Indigo students are going to interact with?
0: I don't think they were doing that. I think they were doing it of people that they knew were important on the other side. Most of the people we saw in Indigo were people like Peter Quayle, who was already in... Okay. Okay. The department on the other side and there was never any sign that the other side was doing that same sort of stuff yeah and
1: well the one side the side that got hit by the flu was the side that turned towards spycraft etc one side was very much in keeping with nazis and communist russia Mm -hmm. the other side i'm not sure what i would flag it under it was
0: I'm, more what we would consider the traditional West.
1: But it, I, yeah, I would put it under that vague Yeah, yeah, notion. no, it's
0: generality. All yes. of this is taking place over in... in Berlin. Berlin, um which I, I really thought was a missed opportunity as well. You've got this one spot where you can go to another world, and there's never any, but I've got to make it to Silicon Valley, I just don't have the time on my visa. Yeah. And then how do you even get a visa to go to a parallel world? There, it boggles the mind. Yeah. And I, it's not like they should have spent the whole series explaining the minutiae of this.
1: No, but they never explain how they set up these huge procedures and physically set up the customs area. And, you know, they have a well, locker point, room.
0: The customs guys were smuggling stuff back and forth.
1: Yes. How does that get organized? Yes. Well, at one point early on we're seeing, and later it makes sense, but we're seeing Howard show up for his interface job and he goes into a locker room and he seems to spend as much time going into the locker room changing out of his street clothes into Mm -hmm. a very generic business suit
0: and a dated one even
1: yes and then he goes through a security procedure to get to the room and then he comes face to face with someone who's in a virtually identical suit But then when you find out the whole the cell phones are different and all these things, they've basically removed from all these interface guys anything that can place them as being from one side or the other.
0: Anything, not only from one side or the other, but anything about their culture.
1: Yes. Anything that can differentiate them or identify them or make them unique.
0: Well, my point is even beyond making them unique, anything that's a tell about their world. Yeah. You can't have something where you've got. You know, a T-shirt that's that's advertising a band or... Uh,
1: no lapel pins.
0: No lapel pins. No n- anything that is descript in any way.
1: Yeah, no tie bars. I mean, yeah. it was just... And it was fascinating once we realized what we were seeing and had seen the process of, again, you had to change into sort of authorized clothing mm-hmm. to go through customs, etc., to go through to the other world.
0: Well, they had to go through security. I don't think they. Were, well, I guess for customs, go through the other world. I wish they would have established that the interface rooms were like directly above.
1: Me the too. Thing. Yeah.
0: And it took a while for us to get a good view of the crossing to see how even the the pavement was now out of alignment mm-hmm. under it. And they they had some brilliant stuff that they did. Some more brilliant stuff that I think they could have and should have done. Where I think the re- the show really excelled was the acting.
1: Yes. Yeah. The acting was phenomenal. When you consider how many actors managed to give the impression they were twins.
0: Yeah. And there were a couple of actual twins, I think, yes. in one or two places. The original scientist for that one episode, certainly. Uh, J.K. Simmons, who's playing the two versions of Howard. There's the one who is the just really uh, hardcore spy. You don't mess with him. He's the tough guy. And the other one who's just a complete pushover.
1: Yeah, well, and you have the one that defaults to profanity Mm -hmm. and getting in your face, and the one who, it turns out, is aware of everything.
0: Just incredibly apologetic, accepting, and non-confrontational.
1: Non-confrontational to the point he's willing to turn a blind eye, and there's a part of him that thinks, if I just keep, particularly in the case of his wife, if I keep accepting and letting her know how much I love her, Mm -hmm. you know she won't look elsewhere for what she needs she'll look to me
0: what was interesting is uh, emily his uh, howard's wife in one world ex-wife in the other
1: kind of sort of played three different roles yes i would give you that
0: there was the the ex-wife in in the one world the wife in the other world and then the memory deprived version of that wife
1: yeah which was fascinating
0: And again, uh, J.K. Simmons, uh, who's best known for, among other things, uh, J. Jonah Jameson in the first Spider-Man trilogy, I think he also played Commissioner Gordon in some of the more recent uh, DC movies, although it was a minor part. Um,
1: He was a shrink on one of the Law and Orders. Yeah. And um, uh, he used to do just a brilliant job with that attentive listening and that coaxing someone to give you both what you need as a shrink but also aware that the cops need him both to be helping the patient but also to be finding out are they able to stand trial
0: i think he also did voiceover work for one of the portal games Mm. which is kind of funny given this yeah Uh, he did a terrific job throughout both as the two howards but also as each Howard kind of trying to play the other Howard.
1: Yes. Well, and there was a point where it was like each Howard was coming towards the middle, if you will. Yeah. And rebelling against.
0: There was an aspect of if you spent too much time on the other world, you'd almost become the other inadvertently. hmm And not that you were changing, but again, circumstances.
1: Yeah. Well, and they did definitely cover the territory of if you saw yourself living a different life mm-hmm. and you either perceived it as better or worse.
0: Well, when you come across your counterpart, do you judge them to be the better version of you? Are you the better version of them?
1: Yes. Do you aspire for their life? Do you judge them as lacking for the choices they've made? Do you resent
0: them? Do you admire them? All of those, you know, when you look, when you look in the mirror, what do you see?
1: Yeah. And there, they came really close to you, do you spend every day trying to be your best self? And I think amnesiac Emily was really the one who covered that the best with, as she came back into her memories and was realizing I did things I wish I hadn't done. I did things I'm not proud of. I did things that looking back on it, I wouldn't do again. She started saying, you know, can I start over and live a better life? Can I be a better me each day?
0: A lot of those questions were here. I think they were better dealt with, say, in Dark Matter.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Where you had six people whose memories were wiped, and were who are they? Who they always were, or again, are they their memories? You know. Yes. Again, the whole question of identity was big there.
1: And Dark Matter was definitely a: Are you your memories? Whereas this is: Are you what circumstances make you?
0: Which is a subtle but important difference. Yeah. You know, how you react to the situation, how much of that is innate, how much of that is circumstantial, and that shapes your memories and you kind of, once you're on a direction, almost veer more into that.
1: Well, and this, in one episode in season two, they were talking to the Howard I liked better at Echo and trying to pinpoint kind of when did the two Howards diverge. mm mm-hmm. And he felt it was marriage in terms of having a wedding versus eloping. And Yannick had records I didn't feel he should have. But anyways. Yeah. Uh, he was saying that the other Howard had turned his back on their father over in ga- over gambling debts like five years earlier.
0: Mm-hmm. He and pushed it back to further. And then the Howard was like, no, no, I never abandoned my father. You know, yeah. I wouldn't do that.
1: Yeah. he And the what I considered to be the main Howard was more loyal, more understanding, more forgiving, more accepting, whereas the other Howard would turn his back on people and give up
0: absolutely, and he was definitely the the main Howard, if you will, was the the more meek mild manner one because that's who we started with, yes. and got introduced to the other um so there was a a, a bias in story direction there, yeah. And yeah, there has to be. You can't see both at the same time.
1: I find it funny, though, because we accidentally watched one brief behind the scenes thing at the end of season one, Mm -hmm. and it was referring to the other Howard as Howard Prime because he was the stronger Howard. So they had nicknamed him Howard Prime.
0: Well, Howard Prime, there's a couple of ways to interpret that phrase. One, he is the primary Howard. The other is you have A and A prime, which is the divergence of A. Yes. So that's how I had taken the phrase. I can see that. There are a number of things with this concept I would have done a little differently. I would have been very tempted either to cast as many twins as possible. Yes. But that limits the pool. But also, I think it might have been interesting for it to have been almost literally a mirror image world. Mm -hmm. Where you film the actor... You film the actor again for the other half of the scene, but you take one of them and you flip it yeah. left to right, you know, to where they 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 look the same, but they're, they're, they're different.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know? And in some cases, it's more obvious than others. Um, That would have been fun. But the other thing, and they, they, they hinted at it, of the technology difference. One side having smartphones, the other still having flip phones, stuff like that. I would have pushed that a lot further, and I would have had one be... Primarily, again, the uh, the digital technology age and all of that has. And the other still being in the analog age. Because there were rotary phones at some points. Yes. But I'm thinking, you know, spin that into a spy world and you've got people doing, you know, cyber attacks against a world that doesn't have cyber assets. Yeah. That puts them at a disadvantage because it's harder for them using those technologies to go get information. Whereas the analog people... Man, they're, they're good at getting that kind of information, the old school wiretaps or what have you. But since they don't have any kind of cybersecurity, it's harder for them to catalog it, to organize it, to act on it. Yet the digital side, when they've got it, man, they can do all of that and keep it secure. Mm-hmm. So that kind of, of duality. And if you had established that, oh, that flu, it took out the Steve Jobs, the Bill Gates, those kinds of people. Yeah. You know, it, could have really, I think, furthered the story by having a bit more of a divergent night and day and something where you could see how once that divergence happened, it was going to accelerate over time Mm -hmm. to where, yeah, it's 30 years and there's some differences versus it's 30 years and wow, there are some differences and another 30, they're going to be unrecognizable.
1: But they seem to use architecture as much to tell us when we were in the two worlds
0: they did and that kind of annoyed me because i felt the other world the the more uh medical-based technology side versus smartphones some of their architecture there was one building we'd always seen the background from a couple of different angles it looked like the luxor hotel a pyramid type thing except it was kind of hollow it was two sides that met up to the point yeah and i'm like how does that building work why on earth would somebody design a building that way yeah. Never once played into the story. And Howard never even looked at it and said, that's kind of weird.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: And there was the opportunity at a couple of points, once Howard was found out of being the other, uh, for him to have really in- explored and investigated and asked, I don't get how this is, why this is different.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: You know? And that, that frustrated me a little bit. Because there were a couple of buildings that were clearly different to be different. Yes. In first season, there were a couple of really... Good, yet sometimes too subtle scene shifts.
1: I made you go back and review one. Because
0: I totally missed it. Where we're, we're looking outside at the street out of Howard's apartment. And it's nighttime. And it fades from one world to the other. And one of the cars shifts. Yeah. And there was another one in second season that I thought was really well done. It was kind of the camera is panning. And there's a tree in the extreme foreground that acts kind of as a wipe as it goes past. And one side is one world, the other side is the other. Yeah. Because there were a couple of times it's like, wait, which world are we on?
1: There were a lot of times it was which world are we on?
0: I almost would have been tempted, and this would have provided a title for the series of Flipside, that when you shifted worlds, literally the frame Mm -hmm. turns upside down. And if you did that in a way where there's a border... To tell you, oh, it's uh, white is on top, black is on bottom, or whatever. Or we're flipping, but wait, the Howard is sh- staying on the one world. Yeah. Because if you did that as somebody walked across that that downstairs part to go from world to world, and they get that vertigo as they shift, that gives the world flipping over kind of sense. Yeah. You know, um, with the kind of, you never really get used to it. But once you've gotten past it, it still feels a little off, but you can adjust to it. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been easier if every time we're flipping worlds to flip the the thing that way. There's, there's visuals, because there was other shows, I think it was Awake, that bounced between two realities. And the color palette was different. Yeah. Which, until you realize the color palette, palette is different, you don't really realize it. Yeah. But then it's, oh, I see what's going on. So there's there's visual tricks that can be either too blatant or too subtle. Um, and there were a couple of times where the writing on this, I felt... It's not that it was telegraphed. I guess it was playing fair because we were able to put the pieces together of, oh, Peter's wife's going to be Shadow, you know, because we know he has a wife. We haven't seen the wife. It's getting to the point where, you know, things are going to connect. And, oh, there's the dinner party at his place tonight. Yeah. So a couple of those things uh, I felt we saw coming. But there's a way to do that where it's like, well, geez, get over it already and get to the point. We've seen it coming a mile away. There's others where I see it coming because you've provided the the breadcrumbs. Mhm. Um so I think they they did generally well on that.
1: Well, and they were more subtle with Mira and her father.
0: Mhm. I thought some of that played out slowly though. Yes. And there were a lot of times they had to go do some flashbacks to give us some context to to build in something that we hadn't seen. Mhm. I'm curious how this show would play if it were shown in kind of chronological order.
1: Mhm. Yeah.
0: Um because the fact that it took a season and a half before we kind of understood how the worlds got the way they were.
1: Yeah. A little well, frustrating. And why some of the thinking was the way it was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, they had some some great actors uh, involved. Uh, Richard Schiff, uh, who did, played the diplomat in one world, did, I think, a terrific job. Mm-hmm. Um, the one who played uh, Claire, the wife slash shadow, did an outstanding job.
1: She really did. Yeah, and she did a great job both as kind of the brainwashed fanatic, but also the person coming, I guess you'd say, to grips with what she'd been brainwashed to believe and a understanding that might not be reality.
0: Yeah, realizing she had been played at one point. Yeah. That was a little frustrating, though, because she got that by listening to a recording that was taken on one Earth, and she was now an agent on the other Earth, yet somehow that recording happened to be over there, and it's like... Why? Um, yeah. There were aspects, again, like that that were, were frustrating. Um, but it was it was an engaging show. It was a well-done show. Yeah. And they ended the second season on a note where the doors were closed, welded shut, as in, okay, finale. Yet, again, they were planning a third season, and they ended on a note with, hmm, another outbreak. Yeah. You know, that could force the doors back open to retaliate or whatnot.
1: And we know there are crossers here that we haven't found.
0: Yes. There were plot lines they could have done on the initial Howard's Earth to keep things moving, although we wouldn't necessarily have had to go back to the other world for a while. Yeah. They have no plans to do a third season. I'm okay with that. It was fun. I think, though, there were some some aspects where they could have tied some some story threads together a little bit better, clarified the backstory a little bit better, and uh, I think that would have worked better for me.
1: Yeah. I think they had set it up to where our Howard could have ended up on the other world. And I'm not sure they gave us a definitive, it's our Howard here. They gave us a scene with Howard here, and it, it played neutrally for me. It could have been either Howard.
0: They could have definitely, with what they showed us at the start of the third season, revealed that they had switched places. Yeah. I don't think they did.
1: I don't think they did either, based on the fact... That Howard and Baldwin went together, but Baldwin knows both Howards.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So, hard to know.
0: They could easily have explained that the, the spy Howard stayed on the other Earth because that Emily was dead. and Well, he was divorced anyway, so he just wanted to be off on his own and leave that world behind. Whereas the other Howard had already gotten to know the other Emily, gotten along with her, his Emily was gone, and could take over that world, uh, that life.
1: And he was a better father to Anna.
0: Again, I didn't think that's what had happened, but I definitely could see where they would play it as if it did.
1: I think they left it such that they could go either way, yeah. and I was disappointed that it didn't feel definitive to me.
0: Yeah, I I don't think they had, because at the end of the first season, it was one of those, well, they've they've got threads they have to pick up on. They can't not. Yes. Howard is on the wrong earth. He's imprisoned. uh You know, the other one's, you know, on the other Earth. He's taken over the life, whatever. Things that just had to get resolved and did. Yeah. Whereas this time, they they had things they could continue with, but not any particular thread that it's like, this one is dangling such that you can't not deal with it. Mm -hmm. There were things, again, well, there's more spies on the other Earth. The doors are closed. You know, what about this? More springboards, you know, like the virus even. But not one that, other than the virus, that that it's just... If you don't address this at the start of another season, come on. Yeah, and we've we've seen shows where they end on a cliffhanger and then just gloss over it if the next season. I can think of one show in particular where it's like, well, what the hell happened? I guess everyone's okay. And it was unf- it was uh, Martial Law. Oh, major cliffhanger! Somebody's been taken captive. They're flying off, and next season it's as if that never happened three months ago.
1: Yeah, well, you know. They hope audiences have a short memory.
0: They may have addressed it in a line or two of dialogue, but it was it. The fact that the entire 20 episodes takes place over about a month is a little surprising. And again, that's just the pacing of it. But there's for this kind of a show, there's not room for days to elapse unaccounted for.
1: Yeah, for possibly five weeks. And that's only if you're taking Howard literally when he says, that's how my month was. How was yours? Referring to season two as one month. And I had to stop and think about it because at one point we get, you know, eight weeks ago, nine weeks ago. If you ago, count
0: those flashbacks yeah, but and not the 30 years back flashbacks. Right. Then it would takes, yeah, a few months.
1: But, I mean, that's only because Emily's accident kind of sets things off. And from the moment we were told his wife was in the hospital because of an accident and then we start getting spy thriller stuff. Like where are the odds that was an accident?
0: Yeah, but what got me is we had uh Jamie Bamber is, is uh, her brother who shows up another time, but that whole thing goes nowhere. Yeah. The mom shows up at one point, that goes nowhere. Yeah. There were a number of things that were just kind of dropped out and forgotten.
1: Well, the affair she was having, season one. Yeah. That guy didn't come back at all in season two.
0: I was surprised the assassin uh came back season two.
1: Yeah. I was hoping she would, because she did a really good job season one. She was useful in season
0: two, but not pivotal.
1: No, but she was interesting, because there was at least once somebody comes to her with a contract, and it's very much a, they only know her as a contractor, they have no clue about her as a person.
0: Yeah, it's, I don't want to do this anymore kind of attitude.
1: Yeah, well, but they also don't know that the specific person they want a contract on is someone she doesn't want to kill.
0: Yes, because she's got history.
1: Yeah. 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 So, it was interesting watching her go from, basically, I'll take any contract, to I actually have loyalty to individuals. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, they did a, a decent arc with her, but it I didn't feel like it hit a conclusion, necessarily.
1: The closest they came was when Howard pointed out to her that because her other was dead and in a way that meant she couldn't take that other's place, she couldn't find a place for herself on this world
0: well she couldn't find that place for her on this world but she could find a place
1: but that was the only place she felt she could find it was an interesting situation for someone who was socially inept yeah and the fact that they explored early on the fact that they came from a world that didn't have nightclubs and social gatherings Mm -hmm. and because they were so you know wear the face masks and afraid of germs and everything because of that flu outbreak. When you've got a flu
0: that wipes out about a half a billion people, yeah, it people take notice. And that was one of the things that was just obvious in the city is how it was first being driven around it, where he was realizing this is a different world. Yeah, They, they did some cool stuff with that. Um, there were a few places where I felt they could have, like I said, sped up the pacing a little bit, clarified the backstory a little bit. Uh, but I think it's definitely worth watching. And if you're into that whole what makes you who you are kind of thing. Yeah. This does a great job exploring it. Or a good job exploring it. I think other shows do a better job.
1: Yeah. Well, and as a spy thriller in terms of who's trying to infiltrate who, how, to what end and why. It was a decent spy thriller.
0: There were a lot of things where it kept you guessing as to wait. What I thought I knew, is that really true or is is it this now? Yeah. And there were a couple of, of flips and stuff like that. Um,
1: they did well. In, they did well on that, yeah. Especially in early first season, they did really well on the who can you trust. Mm-hmm. As we were getting to know characters and getting to know the world.
0: Well, and there were a couple of characters like Aldrich where it's like, can we trust him? Can we not? Why should we? Why shouldn't we? There were, yeah, They the spy aspect of the plot, I think, was one of the stronger aspects. Combine that with the strong acting, and I think that was a lot of what kept me engaged on it. Yeah. I was hoping for a little bit more on the parallel worlds and the two Howards being more working together, even footing kind of a deal than we got. Yeah. But it was what it was. Yeah. So anything else?
1: I think that does it.
0: Cool.